Welcome to episode 31 of Probably Polly, the podcast where we question everything, even our name. As always, I am your host, Michael Higg. I am your co-host, Sarah Lucas. And I'm your co-host, Mandy Conan. And this week we are following up our Jealousy and NRE episodes with an episode that combines them both. So if you haven't listened to those yet, we suggest you do, although this should work even if you haven't. But basically what we're looking at is how to navigate when you are in NRE and your partner is not. Yes. And how to navigate being the partner that's not an NRE when your partner is in NRE. For those of you who do not know, NRE means new relationship energy. It is talked about in a lot of places, although in the research that I have looked at, it's primarily discussed in the polyamory community because presumably we deal with it more inside of relationships. If you are in a monogamous relationship, you have NRE when you start dating someone, and it's talked about a lot. So if you look at ancient Greek, different types of love, that was Eros. And Eros, they thought, was dangerous and scary and like a form of madness, and you should get past it. It is all of those things. But then once you... It is all of those things. But then but then once you did that, you were then in a relationship, presumably for life. So you didn't deal with NRE again. And you certainly didn't deal with your partner having to have NRE that wasn't about you. And you certainly didn't deal with your partner having to deal with you having NRE that wasn't about them. Yeah. We just run into it the Welcome most because you have a lifetime of dating if you're oh, fuck NRE. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I like how everyone's slowly sliding down the hill to my, like dislike of NRE. Yes. The longer we it's do any contagious. episode, the more people are coming to my side yes. of the court. No, I, was, I was on there and I go back and forth. But yeah, like this is like, oh uh, man, I don't know that I'm looking forward to this episode because I don't even want to talk about it because it's so fucking ridiculous doing NRE with partners. Ugh, NRE. <laughs> this is your partner's NRE, not for you. Have you ever dealt with that, Sarah? Once or twice, I think. This was the first time that my partner, at least I believe, the first time that my partner had been with someone who was poly as well. He wasn't real solid on how to navigate it. And so it was difficult. And of course, it probably was new for me at that time. So it was it was difficult for me to kind of understand what my feelings were and such. So no, I mean, I've been more of the putting out fires end of it than the feeling jealousy end. Hmm. So when Jerry and I started dating, he had a primary. They were hierarchical. Oh, that's right. And she was none too happy about me and about his NRE and his newfound sense of adventure and exploration and freedom. So now that dynamic I've never experienced because I've never actually met a meta. I've only had metamors for just like brief segments of my time of being poly. Most of the people that I end up dating actually are not poly. And that's me being stupid and cowboying people <laughs> and just being, being not a good person, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess I can't say I'm like not a good person. It's just that's really not being the a most shitty effective person. way. <laughs> It's not the most effective way to find people who are cool with polyamory and, you know, live it too. And so I've never had really a, a meta that I've had has been around long enough for me to meet. So The cowboying is interesting because for sure, in my experience, you can either be the catalyst for major personal growth or you can benefit from somebody who's already grown, but it's difficult to be both. Yeah. Like, even if you do successfully propel them into, like, understanding new ways of relating, their emotional response to being disjointed by you will be so severe, you'll you'll end up losing the relationship. And then they'll be like, oh, that was a good thing. Yep, and I realize that, and I've seen it, and it fucking sucks. Like, it's like, oh, you don't take me seriously, but in a few years from now, you will. Oh, that's right, you're actually thinking about it seriously now, and I'm not around. Okay. You know what's wrong. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) You know yeah. what's wrong, but you do it anyway. Yeah. I do it anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> there aren't a lot of poly people around here, and, like, I just, I, 
Yeah, I struggle to find people I'm attracted to, so. I'm not going to say it's wrong. You understand the extra risk. <sighs> anyway, what's our topic? <laughs> <laughs> what's our topic? Because we're so not yeah. on topic. No, we're not. We're so off topic. No, that's not us. Not us. Not like us at all. No, so the topic is... NRE and jealousy. So let's talk a little bit about just the setup here. So basically what's going on in this context is there are at least... How many people we need for this? We need a minimum of three people for this to work. Let's use us. Like, let's scenario the three of us. Oh, like if we were all dating? Well, I mean, not all dating. Let's you let's be a V. That feels so awkward to say. <laughs> like, I just had a... Uh. No offense either. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Screw you too, Sarah. Fuck off. <laughs> no one's just... Here, we'll do this. Yeah, damn, Who's, cold. Which one of us is the least disgusting, Sarah? Oh, we'll no, have no, you no, date no, that no. person. No, no, no. Let's, let's move on. So where are we in this scenario? <laughs> I'm not sure why we're scenarioing this, but now I'm just entertained by like the outcome of trying to scenario this. I just thought... <laughs> Mostly we learned that Sarah's gut instinct is to vomit if that Thanks. Fucking <laughs> gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> God damn. We're so in the friend zone, we're gross. I know, apparently we gotta talk about the friend right, zone. Right, that's later. the next episode. <laughs> that's a, because... Like, I'm gonna say, you, you're gonna say we're in the friend zone without explaining any of that shit, and we're in the world of where the friend zone is like a thing that mostly frat boys say <laughs> yeah. to get mad at people. Like, that's a really weird claim to throw out. Anyway, I'm anyway. Alright, Sarah, hot seat. Which one, you, which one of us do you want to date? I'm not, no, both? I don't know. I like you both. No, now she wants to date us both, Michael. First we're gross, well, and now she wants to she date us both. She feels bad that we were sad. <laughs> no, okay, let's let's not use that. Yeah, let's go back not, to theoretical. You. Let's go back to theoretical people. Uh, I just figured there was three of us, and we... <laughs> I know, it, it's a good idea, because what I was going to say is, the triadic dynamic is the basic structure of jealousy. Right. That's really fascinating. In the jealousy research that I'm reading, the general consensus is basically you can talk about interesting information from a single per- person, a dyad or a triad, and then after a triad, it's just an infinite overlay of triads. So we've historically talked about how relationships work on a dyadic relationship, and no matter how many relationships you have, it's actually based on dyadic relationships. And I still stick with that, but in the jealousy literature, they right. note that the jealousy response is part of a triadic interaction. Hmm. And I think that's also right. That obviously a jealousy interaction is a three-person interaction, even if the relationship discussion has to happen on dyadic responses. That's where I was going with that, so. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I I see where you were going with that. (sighs) Thanks, Sarah. I just needed one more person to reject me today. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're just making fun of Sarah. Yes. Well, you've had a bad day, Mandy. It's okay. If you want to make fun of me, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Anywho, (laughs) I see. I see. I see the point, though. The point is, we still going to need three names to make this simple because otherwise it'll be super confusing. Well, use me, Bill, and Sally. Bob, Bill, and Sally. Or yeah, Bob, Phil, and Sally. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So my Or, or Susan. All right, Bob, Phil, and Sally. Okay. That's what we've got. All right. right, moving on. Did I get the genders right? 
Well, you've got two guys and a woman, right. which they can be any, we could be using any gender combination. Oh, that I is see. the most common combination, so. For time, we have cut the very long, choking discussion <laughs> of us deciding what our relationship dynamic will look at. <laughs> but our starting point is going to be... Our example. Bob and Sally are a long-standing polyamorous couple who have dated other people before and who are still together but not currently seeing other people in major relationships, though they may be seeing people in, like, one-offs or going to events, etc. Bob is bi. Is Sally bi? Doesn't. Uh, no. Or Sally. Okay, Sally is str- straight as an arrow. Straight. And She's Phil, straight as an arrow. who is our new third, is gay. And interested in Bob exclusively by that structure. Bob has just started dating Phil. Have NRE. Yeah, long enough to get into NRE, which is not very long. Mm-mm. But we'll say they've been together for two weeks. That's how long yeah, it let's... takes for NRE. I get NRE in like thirty seconds. Well, it, it, <laughs> it can be how long it takes for the other partner to get upset about it. Oh, I because see. Okay, okay. If the person yeah. comes home and is like, "Ooh, I love that person," but like. I saw a girl that I thought was cute somewhere and came home and was like, hey guys, look at this. I found this cute girl that I saw once and then never saw yeah, again. Yeah, okay. So most saying. people don't right. don't get jealous yet. Okay, okay. Although... Yeah. Sally's realized that Phil has stayed okay. around. Okay. Right. Phil is here to stay and Bob's really into it and Sally's running into issues and concerns of her own. Right. What are some of the common issues that Sally's running into? Losing time that she used to have. Mm-hmm. So we talked about mm-hmm. that. Especially if Bob wasn't seeing anybody mm-hmm. else at all. Mm-hmm. Because now Sally's gone from having 100% of his extra time, and I mean extra time like outside of responsibilities, work, things like that, sure. to maybe say even having only 75% of his time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a hard mm-hmm. pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. Another possible hard change is not necessarily losing time, but let's say that Sally's been asking Bob for more time or indicating that she would like more time. Bob has said, I'm too busy. I can't find it. I can't come up with it. And suddenly he's finding, even though Sally's not necessarily losing time, he's finding more time for Phil than he's finding for Sally, for Mm -hmm. instance, out of apparently nowhere. He's cut playing poker. Yeah. He's not playing poker anymore because he wants to go see... Phil, when he wouldn't stop playing poker for Sally. Yeah. That's a big one, I think, is doing something for your new partner you wouldn't do for your old partner. That's does a... tend to upset yes, people. Yes, that's a huge And that's easy to do, too, issue. with NRE. Like, you just get caught up in what you did. Mm-hmm, because you're stupid. Right, exactly. Yeah, and you just get caught up in what you, what you did when you first started dating the other person that's now normal. It's like... To clarify mm-hmm. stupidity... Right you have an overloaded endorphin response to the new person. So you may think bowling is really terrible, but bowling with this new person is delightful and therefore totally worth doing. And you're probably Mm -hmm. not going to keep bowling with them once you're done with NRE anyway. But in the moment, especially if your partner's been feeling neglected in their relationship or not getting getting their needs met, etc., seeing you do things with people that they've been asking you to do that you won't do, whether that's give them more time, finding time, giving up things for them, or actually doing things you wouldn't normally do, staying up late if you're a morning person is a big one. Cuddling. Sure. Jerry's not a cuddler. But he cuddles during NRE. He's not a cuddler at all. And he cuddles during NRE. And it bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, I can see that. When he was dating his partner, Mon, they're not together anymore. But I loved her. She was one of the best metas ever. But they would be cuddling on the couch downstairs when she'd come spend the weekend with us. That's and I'm like, so frustrating. you know, WTF, yo. Like, I want to hold you too. 
Right. So I wasn't, I don't think I was jealous. I was envious Mm -hmm. because I feel like jealousy is, I don't want them to have it. I want to have it. And envy is, I just want to have it too. Yeah. And that's just a question for me in that context of sort of how aware you are of the biochemical stuff that's going on. Because if you used to get cuddling and then you lost cuddling and you wanted it back and then someone else has cuddling, it can feel like they've got your cuddling. Which, as you know, is not the mm-hmm. case. It's actually that the NRE is making cuddling unnecessarily rewarding, and therefore you just wish he also felt that rewarded by cuddling you, which is not actually right. jealousy. Right, and I, had to, I just had to remind myself of that. Sure. I had to remind myself, oh, he's going to stop cuddling her soon. Like, yeah. <laughs> She'll be. Hey, yeah, she's, she's, she's not going to get that long. Don't you know? get used to this, babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he did. He stopped. That's a lot of good tactic, obviously. <laughs> a lot of the NRE tactic is just reminding yourself it's temporary. That NRE is temporary. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what I was seeing, but I was seeing someone writing something about how they were in this relationship and it used to feel amazing and used to have this great... Oh no, I was at Waffle House. I didn't see this anywhere. The dudes behind me were having a conversation about their relationships. And I don't know, it sounded like one of them went together as like a counselor, but at Waffle House, it was very confusing. Men have conversations about their relationships? At Waffle House. And uh, it was really cool because it was actually these, like, it was these really young guys having what amounted to a really good conversation for the most part. I mean, it was a little bit shallow, but it was a lot of like, well, you got to put that that work in to develop that relationship because it isn't so simple as you just keep up with it, you know? And so, like, it was really pretty great. I wish I'd written down more of it. I was with my son at the time. If I wasn't, I would have taken, like, a notepad and been like, gotta write this down. But it was... You would have been like, excuse me, can I sit with you all? I know. Uh, like a shockingly large <laughs> amount of this is, is accurate, but then the, the other guy was saying that, that he felt like everything was too much of a fight with this new person, and that it used to be easier, and it's getting harder, and he doesn't know why, and will it ever be like it was at the beginning? And I wanted to be like, no! No! no it will never be like that! It will never be like it was at the beginning. Nope. Never. Never, ever, ever. If you're looking for it to be like that, you're just going to end up in a serial monogamy loop. Because his whole point was, he was like, I know that, you know, the time that I put in building this is important, but I figure if it's going to end, I might as well end it now and then get another relationship and move forward with that relationship. Uh Well, that was going to do the same thing. You're going to end up in that same place. And I didn't know enough about his experience to say that either, because maybe it's actually a bad relationship. Because thanks to NRE, you will often end up in a relationship that you would never end up in without it. And then when it wears off, you'll be like, Mm -hmm. is it just... That the NRE is gone, and I'm looking at an idealized NRE relationship, and since I don't have that anymore, I now feel like this isn't good enough? Or would I never have dated this person if it wasn't for this biochemical cocktail roofing me and dragging me off on this adventure? <laughs> You've been roopied. Fuck NRE. No. Something else that's really hard is hearing about a new partner constantly. Oh. Sure. Yeah, I bet that is. I know that my nesting partners are fucking over hearing about my new partner. Do you guys not have rules of how much you're allowed to talk about new partners? That's really early on the list for me. If I start getting a new partner, I'm like, how much do you want to hear? When do you want to hear it? How often would you like me to talk about it? Well, no, I'm not like talking about screwing them in the kitchen. Sure. But I'm like, ha 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 ha. Shane said this when we were talking the other day. And ha ha ha. That reminds me about a conversation Shane and I had. Because that's who was on your mind sure. all the time. Right. Is your new partner. And it's who you're spending time with. Yeah. It fills in all of the spaces 
places you would have spent like going out with your right. friends or going to the movies or yeah that's something that's aggravating is hearing about the new partner even if it's just in casual conversation right mm. and it comes down to the fact that everyone who doesn't have nre can see exactly how much how stupid you are more intense your interest is than it deservedly ought to be so mm. yeah yeah sure if a person slowly enters the relationship dynamic and you talk about them a little bit and then more and they're around and they're consistent and their advice pays out over time and they're interesting and they're dynamic then you'll talk about right. them more and more like if you would with a new friend but just like if you also have ever had like a new friend nre crush people will have that same response where they're like why are we suddenly always talking about frank like i don't know that guy right nobody gives a shit about his new dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> a good thing to remember is that NRE is not just for sexual relationships that adds a perspective to it that I wouldn't have thought of before it helps me understand it better so we're up to three distinct negative emotions that partners may have to deal with thanks to NRE now we have annoying uh-huh. we have jealousy uh-huh. and we have envy uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the, obviously the main topic is in context of NRE so we're looking at jealousy as well but I'm not gonna we're not gonna ignore envy or annoying partly because those things are gonna make jealousy worse like if you're already annoyed at your mm-hmm. partner talking non-stop about this person especially if you don't think they're the greatest thing that's in sliced bread and then you're envious of the partner doing things with them that you want to do with your partner even though intellectually you know it's just temporary still you're watching this person get the thing that you want and then something jealousy making happens it's going to be so much worse because you have all that negative emotion already built up in stock basically so you dislike this person and then you're jealous of them i have another one if you're ready for another one sure let's go <laughs> if your new partner is maybe more well off oh, financially i have to be quiet about that sometimes because i do have one potential that is quite well off and the other people that i'm dating are very not well off like me and so it's like i don't ever want to say this one detail i can only imagine what it would feel like if your meta was even like slightly better off than me which is not hard to do that's definitely an unspoken issue right now it's not been complained about but i can see where it will be in the future. Oh, okay. With your new partner or with another new partner? My new partner is not more well off. He just is in a different financial circumstance than, well, both of my nesting partners really. Sure. (laughs) But I got gifts. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. From my new partner and it's things that maybe my other partners can't afford. Oh, I see. Right. To give me or trips. Yeah. That maybe they can't afford to go on with me. So they're jealous of his financial security. How about that? Right. Then you have overlapping emotions happening at once. They have an envy dyad about him, and then they have a jealousy dyad about you because of that envy. So that is to say, jealousy mm-hmm. is about fear of loss. So if someone's providing something that you feel like you can't, making you feel inadequate, you have a justified right. fear of loss because that's... I mean, that is the kind of thing that causes people, not money per se, although sometimes money in our society, the kind of thing that does cause people's affections to swing. And so Mm -hmm. that is a space where there's a sort of justified fear of loss or, I mean, a reasonable fear of loss, what I should say. Like, it's logical. Like, it makes sense that they have that fear. Even though there's reason to not have that fear, I understand why that would be difficult. And one of my partners definitely has that, like, alpha, I need to take care of my family. And when somebody else can do it more easily, he's definitely threatened by that he gets bothered by the fact that I make more money. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's not, it's not a huge point of contention. Sure. But... 
he definitely wishes it was the other way around. That's a problem that that's still a thing in our society, mm-hmm. that there are people that think... It is a horrible, yeah, that he feels like that's his responsibility. Right. When he's been brainwashed by all of society to think that that's his responsibility. More like that, yeah. that that's his responsibility over you, that it's not as much your responsibility as it is his, wouldn't you say? Right. Because, yeah. I mean, it's everybody's responsibility to take care of their family, right? But there's this responsibility that's pressed on men that they, it's more their responsibility than it is a woman's responsibility. Right. Apparently, my responsibility is the dishes. Yeah, yeah. right. I was say, culturally, <laughs> I understand that a woman's responsibility is only to provide financial support if her husband has failed to do so, yes. if her partner has failed right. to do so. <laughs> Even, honestly, if you're in a situation where nobody's making any money, most people won't get mad at the female-identified partner in the group. Right. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying that's still the cultural brainwashing of heteronormative Societal, society. Yeah. Oh, I see. You still have those scripts screaming in your head all the time. I mean, yep. I definitely have, not the, I need to make more money than my partner script, but I definitely have a script that says, you are measured by how much money you make to a substantial extent like i have to make at least a minimum amount of money or i feel bad about not being contributing enough to the family at least mm-hmm. in that context even though that's confusing because it's almost a moral claim right it's a claim like you're not a good enough person because you don't contribute enough to your family where what i'm trying to find time for is doing work like this which is in intrinsically presumably morally worthwhile mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so it's weird that i still yeah. have moral issue justifying this kind of work because of how strong those scripts are which yeah. is unfortunate so not only is there jealousy toward the new partner but there's also jealousy toward me because i'm getting to do things uh... and that's definitely envy we'll use that envy there because there's an envy where suddenly you're yeah. getting to do jet setting and getting gifts and financial stuff that normally you would not dole out family resources unfairly to yourself but these aren't family resources they're coming from a third or fourth location at least third for now but the triadic situation so while everyone else is doing austerity measures potentially you are like oh look at my new phone or watch or Louis Vuitton whatever the present may be he's not that well (laughs) off (laughs) y'all That can be a hard one. I think that one's an especially hard one, as you noted in our society, if it's men that are mm-hmm. competing financially. Although, it really just depends on the relationship dynamic. I know Alyssa prides herself a lot on being the breadwinner in our family, so I do think if I got like a sugar mama who just started throwing really expensive things at me, that would be harder for Alyssa than it would normally yeah. be, because that's part of what she significantly contributes to our family dynamic as well. And, you know, jealousy is about fear of losing your access to a social resource. And your access to a social resource, mm-hmm. presumably, is based on the things that you provide that social resource so if your self-determined value is being undermined in some way it's more likely to trigger jealousy responses yeah and i have children that can also be a jealousy issue not the children being jealous but their interactions and reactions to a new partner mm-hmm. you know when it's time to introduce the kids and stuff sure the partners are gonna go you know hey am i losing my role am i I've been the stepdad for this long and... And that's something you absolutely have no control over. Like, a lot of this stuff, you don't have a lot of control over, but if you wanted to, you could, but your children's responses to people is something that you just, you got no control Mm -mm. over in that context. But I guess that really doesn't have anything to do with NRE. Yeah, that's true. We did sort of stray off into further, like, later stage jealousy. Just the children part. Cut the children part. (laughs) I mean, it depends. It also gets weird because... 
the kids have NRE. Mm-hmm. Look at this new partner. That's a new fun person. Yeah, yeah this yeah. new fun person, and they have all new dynamics, and if they have resources, the resources are new. So, like, I work at a local amusement park, so you can come hang out at the amusement park yep. for free. It's super exciting to kids yeah. at first, yeah. after they've gone for three months. I got a pot of board games or video games yeah, right? that you've never mm-hmm. played. And... I have my collection yeah. of antique video games that you've never played, and I have this really curated collection of amazing board games or costumes or, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. that the kids are into. So, for sure, I do think there is potentially still you're talking about NRE dynamic there where the kids have an NRE for your new partner now. So, you know, we talk about the good thing about NRE is then it ends and then, <laughs> you know, so six months later it ends and then you start introducing your kids to this partner and then now your partners have to deal with another wave of NRE with another group of people they care about. Yeah. Kids NRE is much shorter though. Sure. <laughs> they sure. get bored way quicker. <laughs> well, because it's, it's less, it's less and in, less intense dynamic, of course. It's not. Right. I mean, if you think about NRE for non-sexual reasons, it's designed to forge social bonds so that you get additional resources allocated to you. It's not designed mm-hmm. to overcome all sense of self-preservation the way that sexual NRE is. So it's going to be generally less intense. Fucking NRE. And you know, like we said before, when you're in NRE, you make dumb decisions. Like, yeah. things that were negotiated, sometimes you forget. Oh, that's a good point. Both forgetful and willful violation of negotiations because you're basically on drugs. Yep. The, you know, like unprotected sex and things that you negotiated not to do with other people. Yeah, I remember one time I was working through with a partner when we would be able to have unprotected sex based on our other satellite partner's needs and safety and everything. And we were working towards waiting for like a clearing goal for STI testing. I went away for a week when I came back. They had had oral sex with a new partner. Mm. And we had a date all planned like a month from now based on when their deadline for testing would be up. Aww. To have unprotected sex for the first time. Aww. You know, you're going to go out to something really romantic, have a hotel stay. And I got back and I was like, wait you did what and she was like i didn't think that was a problem i was like yeah but it's not normally but we had this plan and it was based on that and now i have to wait two more months for the like, sti cycle to wrap around at this point right. which I, i'm okay with but like you didn't even talk to me and we had had this plan and i understand that you weren't Aww. like thinking about it but i mean that's like, you can accidentally affect someone really badly even inside of your normal oh, boundaries yeah. so there was nothing under our normal boundaries about that being problematic she had the right to be with other people and all that kind of stuff but just the thing that we've been she had been most honestly vocal about wanting to work towards and was obviously excited about even though it wasn't my original push right <laughs> was suddenly did you guys not not talk about oral sex being part of that? Well, we definitely talked about not having unprotected sex, and she didn't think about oral sex as being unprotected sex, but right. when I pointed out that what we were waiting for was an STI clearing, she did immediately see the connection and the issue, so she just forgot that we were waiting for that, basically. Like, it's such a long goal, like, you're waiting for two months, you know. she just sort of forgotten about that in the rush of the NRE and me being gone and such. Yeah, I've definitely had that issue with a partner where, oh... I didn't realize that oral sex was unprotected sex. Yeah, I don't yeah, think a lot of people do. That's a whole different issue. Um, it, uh, and I think yeah. we've talked about that before. When I introduce myself to a new partner, like, I say, okay, well, I don't fluid bond with people, and so, like, I will give you oral over a condom, but then we aren't kissing afterward. We won't have sex without a condom. And uh, you can't give me oral. And that just, like, throws people. They're like, wait, like, like we're using a condom for PIV stuff. Like, how does that... Anyway, it throws a lot of people that oral sex can... Uh, 
mm-hmm. is not STI without a dental dam or something. Sure. I was going to say, so no oral even with dental dams? Well, I'm not. <laughs> D- dental dams, um, D- oral isn't really my thing in the first place. And to add some piece of plastic there, just like, it just makes it all complicated. So I just say no. It fucks it <laughs> Anywho, we definitely need a whole different episode for that. But very short version. <laughs> When we quote statistics like people who use barriers every single time who have sex with multiple partners only have slightly higher transmission rates than monogamous people, and monogamous people who are being cheated on have much higher transmission rates than people who use a barrier every time, and 40% of monogamous relationships have a cheater in them, therefore the transmission rates are roughly the same, we do mean if you use a barrier every single time. And I always give that little speech, and then everyone in the room cheers, and I'm like, alright, so how many of you always use barriers for oral, and then nobody raises their hand yeah. like one person in the corner oh. me i do that and i'm like all right well not you all right so that person over there in the corner great the rest of you not actually you you now have to talk to your family about why you're putting yourself at additional risk by refusing to use barriers during oral sex both right. of my most recent partners the fight that we ended up having as far as fights go and it was weird because it wasn't really a fight for me it was more i need to talk to you about why you did this how i can understand when you will or won't do this in the future and how it affects the way that we can have sex Mm-hmm. were they had oral sex and thought it didn't count. Uh, right. And they are basically like, I just don't think that that's a really risky type of sex. And I'm like, well, I don't really think that's your choice to make. For me. For me. Yeah. You shouldn't be upset that now I want to use barriers. So like you come back and I'm like, okay, well, I only want to do barriered sex then. Right. If you're going to be having unprotected oral sex. And then they're upset and they feel mm-hmm. rejected. And that's a whole different conversation. You shouldn't feel rejected by your partner's barrier need. That's not a rejection of you personally. Yes. That's no. a sexual safety thing. Yes. That is a personal boundary. So they probably want to have sex with you without barriers mm-hmm. but they have certain health yeah. needs and they have extended families and they might have other partners and it's just a personal boundary yeah. but that is a personal boundary where depending on your negotiation jealousy is almost incredibly salient so for example if you're using a fluid bonding chain which if you're listening or not familiar with that if Fluid bonding means someone that you have both been tested and you only have sex with that person. And then a fluid bonding chain allows you to add additional people if the new person does some period of time without having unprotected sex in order to let all the STIs manifest. Because it takes like a month or two, depending on the torture you're talking about, to show up in a test. Then gets tested, then gets added to the chain. The fluid bonding is not just who you have sex with, it's who you have sex with without like protection, where you're exchanging genital fluids or oral genital fluids. Right. So that's what the fluid of the fluid bonding is. Right. Any fluid. Really. Yeah, and yeah. to lip, you can exchange things. But so having sex without barriers, a lot of times what you see is you see a couple or group of people, like a small group, two, three, whatever, being fluid bonded, and then using barriers for everyone outside of that group. But you also see fluid bonding chains where you can add, be added to the group if you follow all the rules, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you could end up in a situation mm-hmm. where through a series of like a W type relationship, five people who are not having sex are all in a fluid bonded chain to each other. But then if you're in a fluid bonded chain and you decide to have unprotected sex outside the fluid bonded chain suddenly everybody else who's in the chain has to use barriers to sleep with you yep yeah so you talk about jealousy being loss of a resource if you yeah. think of sexual without barriers as being a resource and in the sense of a fluid bonded chain it's a resource because it was time it was cost you had to wait a certain period of time you had to get a certain expensive set of tests and then the person goes and has sex and now suddenly you can't sleep with them like that's definitely a jealousy trigger because you've literally lost that mm-hmm. like now you have to use barriers especially if they're continuing to have unprotected sex with the person they had unprotected sex with (laughs) (laughs) and of course 
What's important there is that that is a lot about you because you want to have barriers for this level of safety and that person clearly doesn't. So it's about what you guys want, but that can sort of show a mismatch in your relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever been a huge jealousy trigger, but it definitely caused me to sort of stop my tracks to be like, okay, well, what is this relationship yeah. going to look like actually? Because it's okay if it's always going to be barriered sex, but like, is that what we're actually talking about? Because you've been talking about wanting to do <laughs> this fluid bonding thing right. and now you're... Right. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Like... I definitely have one partner who we've always used barriered sex and we both prefer to have barriered sex. And so then when I did fluid bond with a partner, he didn't give a shit because, you know, it didn't affect him at all. But we got on that through forgetfulness or intentional breaking of negotiations. Mm. And then not just negotiations. Because you get, quote, caught up in the moment. Well, you do. You literally do. I mean, it's why you make all sorts of bad decisions. Yeah. And then I guess another one that can be hard is if, and this is part of the negotiations probably, but it could also be something that you didn't think to negotiate, but maybe you should have, if the person starts giving away financial resources mm. to the new person. So if your yeah. partner is sending gifts to somebody when you don't feel like your group has the money to be sending gifts or you're, you know, feeling financially hurting and they're giving gifts that, especially if you share money or share resources. I was going to say that would apply if you shared finances or a home or... Yeah. Well, but certainly it could also be a jealousy trigger even if you didn't share those things if sometimes that person gave you things. So if you, my partner sometimes gives me things and I don't have a lot of wealth and then they go and they start giving things to somebody else and give me less things. Mm-hmm. Again, if there's an actual loss or even if you just think that's what's happening, right? Like again, jealousy triggers are about perceived or concern for loss. So I see you giving away lots of stuff to this person and go, well, you're not going to give me stuff and then that sucks because I actually lose financial resources that I normally have access to. And not that you owe me that access, but that doesn't make me not jealous about it. Like nobody owes anybody. I was going to say that makes me a little cringy because it sounds like some entitlement, but you specified it's not like you owe me. To me, that's no different than being cringy about an entitlement to like romantic feeling or cuddling or any of the other social resources. We have a society that's incredibly financially centric. Like our capitalist society worships money to the point that it's made it sick. Mm -hmm. And we all understand that it's sick and we all have a sick relationship with it. And so that gives us a weird response to money where mm-hmm. we're like oh that's fucked up but yeah but when you think about it in the way that you said it you know we're like everything is a gift sure everything i give my partner is a gift sure. then you're right it doesn't it's so not good to hear. it totally is oh like but, but it is. is. Everything yeah. that you give your partner is a gift. They're that's not right. entitled to anything that you're giving yeah, them. That's right. Yeah, and But jealousy is a deep-rooted, not even emotional, but like autonomous almost reaction to fear of loss of social resources. Mm-hmm. And social resources mm-hmm. are any form of resource that your social connection grants you. And that definitely includes financial resources in a society like ours. Yes. Yeah. That may be one that we look down upon more, i.e. you are more likely to be socially censured for showing jealousy about financial scenarios, but it doesn't make it happen less and it's interesting that the inversion makes it more cringy to you so for example yeah you're super cringy that someone wanted money from you maybe but you're less cringy but you not understand super cringy because if you're getting extra yeah. money mm-hmm. yeah and I, those are kind of the same thing really but but it's interesting because there they're worried that money will steal your affection and to me that'd be more cringeworthy like the idea that someone giving me money could steal my heart yeah away from you mm. right especially in a poly context for me would actually be much more insulting than than somebody stealing your money away? No, no. Then someone getting angry at me or frustrated that I stopped directing money that I had been directing towards them. Right. That's what I'm saying. That you're, you're instead of you giving your feelings away, you're giving... Say you took Lissa to get her nails done 
every other week. Sure. And you also cuddled every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh-huh. And her, for her to be more upset that she can't get her nails done every other week now because you're getting somebody else's nails done for them every other week or you can't afford it because you're buying whoever Italian dinner. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? For some reason, that, that monetary resource is gone. Mm-hmm. To me, is more cringeworthy than the cuddles being gone. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think some of that's just sort of personal preference because yeah. I mean, it's interesting because this is something we talk about a lot, but there's actually even legal precedent. So legal precedence does legal illegally speaking gifts are not something that you can get upset about in under most circumstances so like if i say i'm going to give you ten thousand dollars and then i don't you can't sue me for the ten thousand dollars i said i was going to give you (laughs) if it's not for a deal right like i'm like i'm just gonna give you ten thousand for your birthday because i think you're awesome however to the extent that you rely on that you can't so if i tell you that and you go out and you book a plane trip by a dress and fly to europe and it costs you two thousand three hundred dollars and then your birthday comes and i don't give you that money you can actually sue me for the amount that you relied on that promise interesting Mm-hmm. Right, so not the whole 10000 but the amount that you spent up until I was like, nah, I'm not really going to do that. Right, the part you're out for. Yeah, and that you can't get back. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you can return the things, and that doesn't count, but like, you can't return a plane ticket you already used. And similarly, there's this really fascinating story with, I think it was, I don't remember, some major bourbon producer, I want to say Jack Daniels, used to give away the leftover material from making their mm-hmm. alcohol, the partly rotted grain, to local farmers. So a giant oh. cattle industry grew up around their bourbon plant <laughs> because it was free food. Right. And and some innovator invented a machine that allowed them to reuse the grains like four or five times. Mm-hmm. And by the time they were done using them, there was no food left in them. And they used like one fifth as much. Mm-hmm. And so they walked out that week after they installed all those to the farmers and said, well, no free food anymore. Have fun, guys. And the farmers all... The farmers were like, fuck you. The farmers, <laughs> right. The farmer, And they've been taking the food away for 10 years, right? And so the, right. the farmers sued them and said, you can't just cold turkey like we literally don't have the infrastructure to survive mm-hmm. or the budget i mean that's yeah we we can't make up that difference immediately like we need something and they won the lawsuit and they got like a five-year transition period basically where they put out like 10 percent less every year for five years while the farmers transitioned to actually right you know feeding food that's like getting alimony yeah sure right but so my, my point though is like in your story especially where you were like every two weeks they take her to get her nails done that's going to be a thing that yeah. after a while your partner's just going to stop budgeting for like if you've been doing that for like a year like they're not budgeting for that anymore and they might have rearranged their budget in some other way but then like having their nails in order might be functionally important to them depending on their job or for their job yeah what what the standards of dress are and wherever they're going or their Ah. social context and so like you literally are undermining a social contract that they might not have any way to make up and i can understand Mm -hmm. that being really frustrating Mm -hmm. in a way that less regular gifts are not if that makes sense like spontaneous gift giving is very different than like regular gift but like if you start losing access to a regular gift resource that you've been getting almost like an annuity and then that gets pulled for something like that can be really hard because it can become part of how you're living without even really without you even realizing it i remember one time when i was in college i had this expensive cell phone that was like a hundred dollars a month and at some point my dad just stopped sending me the bill to be nice to me i never even noticed Three months later, ah. my parents told me that he'd been doing that, and I still had zero dollars in my bank account. Because the way that I spent money was I just looked at my bank account, and if I had money in there, I'd go out to eat, you know? Like, so I just, I instantly absorbed that $100 uh-huh. bonus a month without even noticing I had it. And so now, oh, wow. suddenly, <laughs> if my dad had been like, well, you had to pay that bill again, that would have been really hard, because I wasn't the guy. I had no idea where that money yeah, was Yeah, I'd be like, well, where would I even find $100 to pay this? Like, that's crazy, you know? And so, uh-huh. right. not even in a bad way or an intentional way, I was really just oblivious, and no one told me that that was what was going on. 
and I took advantage of that gift by not actually doing anything productive with the money, which I'm sure was his intent, and really just living sort of more of the high life on the free money I was getting. But still, if that suddenly went away, that would be really difficult for me suddenly to encapsulate and to fix. But my response to that context would almost go beyond jealousy if I was depending upon the resource. Like, that'd be very frustrating in a way. Right. That's one of the ways that I try and curb jealousy Mm -hmm. is to remind myself that everything that I do get from a partner is a gift. Time, a hug, everything, Mm -hmm. everything that I get from a partner is a gift and I'm not entitled to any of it. Mm During NRE, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. I'll get my gifts back later. One of the strategies that I use during NRE is that I get highly motivated when I'm in NRE. So when I'm in NRE, I attempt to use that motivation to mirror gestures. That's not a bad strategy. So if I'm in NRE and I send one partner a poem, I almost always write a different poem for every other partner I have and send it to them. Not like a hard line requirement, obviously, but I try and use the extra energy. Manny looks really suspicious of this theory. Yes, <laughs> I just uh, I don't want a poem just because you're dating somebody new. Like I don't, <laughs> you know I what I mean? Did you, did did you like never want I a don't poem? want. I don't. I do. I would love a poem from you. Like <laughs> <that>. um, <laughs> I just I don't want something. Uh, it's a consolation prize to me. Okay, I see. Don't give me something just because you're doing it for everybody else. Yeah, this is where I'm like I'm not really on the the opposite end of that. So I think it's like effective. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that seems like something that would make my partners happy. But... What I like here is this is an exact switch from our earlier statement, right? Because Mandy was like, I don't care why you were doing it as long as I got the thing I wanted. Fuck off, why? And Sarah was like, the why is super important to me. <laughs> and now they're now in in practice, Mandy's like, fuck that. I don't want things I like just because you're dating somebody else. And Sarah was like, yeah, no, that, yeah, cool. I'm into it. We're I mean, <laughs> it's the, uh, it's just like, I don't want, I don't want a consolation prize. I want you to write me a poem Aww. because you want to write me a poem and you, the, some fucking cloud in the sky reminded you of my eyes. You know what I mean? Like, I want, I want a poem. Oh my goodness. Specifically because you wanted to write me a poem, not because you're dating some new chick. This gets really convoluted then because in studies, mm-hmm. and these studies are unfortunately mostly with cheating because monogamy people are the majority, so it's easier to study them. But in studies where right. a partner is cheating, they actually do feel increased love and interest and affection in all of their partners. So I have never really thought of it as a consolation prize as you're noting it. I actually have an increased awareness and interest in all of my partners when I'm in NRE and I try and make sure that I'm not that I use some of that motivation that I have to meet those interests as well. Oh, yeah. So I can understand doing something special for each partner, but cater it to the partner. Don't be like, oh, yeah, I've started dating Chrissy and I want to write her a poem. So I'm going to write her a poem, but I need to write all my other partner's poems too. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, I imagine that all of Michael's partners enjoy poems and that's why he would do it. Background context. I write all of my partner's poems. <laughs> I like writing, as you may have noticed. I like reading, and I like art, and I like metaphorical expression. So all of my partners, unless they hate poems, are getting poems from me always throughout the time we're dating. It's not like I don't write my partner a poem until I get a new partner. It's not like I write poems in NRE, and then I don't write you poems, and then I write you poems again, and you're like, oh, motherfucker's got MRE going on. Like, good for him. (laughs) 
Right. That's what I'm like feeling is that like, like everybody gets a necklace. You know what I mean? Like to clarify, I don't, I don't use the system of identical gift giving. It's just okay. that poetry is a thing that I like to do, but that takes an incredibly large amount of mental effort and time. And I have difficulty summoning up the effort to do that most of the time as much as I might like to. So when I have the extra, you know, energy, I use it. Right. But yeah, right. So if I'm doing something for this part, I try and look and go, well, am I I'm maintaining the amount of effort I gave to my other partners inside of the scope that we've negotiated? Right. Because if, of course, I was at all of my extra time with my partner and the part time I'm taking for this new partner had to come from them and we discussed that and that's negotiated, that's fine. But like, I have a lot of free time that doesn't involve Lissa already. So when mm-hmm. I get a new partner, I mm-hmm. pull all of my free time from this brick of non-Lissa time to begin with. So like, Lissa is not, we, and we discussed the difference <laughs> in having how many partners you have, how's that? I am not nearly polysaturated. Right. I have a Aww. partner. Like, I could definitely have more partners and not be polysaturated. You have a partner and a potential partner now. Oh, that's that's super nice. Although, they actually listen to this podcast, and I don't know that they would qualify themselves as that, so... <laughs> Yeah, we gotta go back to NRE because we only have 30 minutes to wrap this up. You have one partner. Right. So you're not nearly polysaturated. When I get new partners or when I get new dates and I get a lot of NRE, I pull all of the extra time for everything out of this block of time that I use for things like my own personal downtime. So personal projects or just playing or relaxing or whatever. And because the NRE gives you those chemicals you talked about that might remove, for example, a few hours of sleep off your day every day, literally making your day longer for a while, I have more energy, more interest, and more time and you get more reward for all your social relationship activities not just the one that has nre even if it's more for the nre Mm -hmm. one you get your brain ends up in a feedback loop where you get more dopamine for those social reward systems so when i'm in that context i try and use that to my partner's advantage to siphon off some of that time for things that that partner would want yeah and I, i said poems like ubiquitously but that's just the thing that i do but manny's right you don't you still have to pay people in their own currency you can't just start being like right well this person likes poems so everyone gets a poem <laughs> because that's super weird if you've never gotten a poem before <laughs> and your uh, and your metamor right. likes poems and you're getting poems that would freak me the fuck out i agree with me on that one <laughs> yeah. oh god but like when you said that <sighs> i had the vision of like somebody at belk buying me a scarf because i like scarves and then all their other p- partners are getting different colored scarves for christmas you know like don't yeah don't do that shit. yeah don't, don't do that fucking shit. do that yeah, for sure don't do that. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so let me restate that then. Not like in a really creepy total energy per person way, but just a general high level. Am I completely ignoring my existing partner and spending all my time with this new person because of NRE? Right. And does the extra energy that I have give me some space to give more time and attention? Then honestly, I always want to give more time and attention to my partner, all of my partners, whoever they are, because I love them a lot. I just don't always have the energy. I'm tired a lot of the time. I have a lot on my plate. I do way too many things and I'm exhausted more often than not so if I'm suddenly not exhausted I want to put some of that energy back into them and I think that also helps alleviate the NRE jealousy a little bit because it's something that to some extent if you like that you can look forward to like oh well if he's gonna have a new partner I'm gonna get a couple extra dates I'm gonna get a couple extra gifts I'm gonna get (laughs) some more attention I'm gonna get more cuddling if that's what you're into yeah it's funny because I'm kind of backwards I'll definitely set Jerry up because I'm tired of him (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Well, that's a different like, issue that oh. does not have jealousy and NRE issues bound up in it, for sure. It does not. Where I'm just like, oh, here, have another source of this because I am tapped out. Well, and to be fair, for sure, Lissa is definitely into me getting new partners for that reason. But I do think that 
the kinds of things I tend... It's, I think it's more like I offer additional things when I'm an NRE. You can just say no. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the amount of time Lissa has. Like, I'm not going to see her more. It's just more that when she does see me, she may now have an entire evening planned instead of just sitting around doing nothing or... Not nothing, right. but you know what I mean. Like, Default time. Right. She might come home and find that I've decorated the whole house for her or something <laughs> instead yeah. of doing whatever we were already going to do. I definitely use the total amount of time that Lissa is willing to give me in a week or physically capable of giving me in a week every week. <laughs> Without. So she's like, God, please find another partner. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. This is like, I love polyamory because sometimes that means that someone else will have to share the work of dealing with Michael. Yes. I tell people that that's why I have so many partners because I'm so fucking hard to deal with that it takes like a tribe of people to deal with me. And I think that's a common thing in polyamory. I've seen a couple people posting in groups that I'm in about how they feel overwhelming and I've even seen like I think Kimchi Cuddles literally just did a comic about how you're not too much. Yep. I think that's really common that people for whom their desired level of social interaction is overwhelming to the majority of people like to be poly mm-hmm. because we can split that interaction among multiple people until right. people don't don't feel overwhelmed by our desire to be around them. Oh man, I, I love when I find someone who's like super crazy chatty because I'm I'm that way. Shane says love bombs. He's he's a love bomber. What? <laughs> and he likes that I'm a love bomber too. Like I'm mushy, gushy, like feelings all out. And that's how he is. So he's really excited that he's found Aww. a partner that is the same Aww. way. So I'm gonna be honest, we have like 20 minutes left. We've been doing really good recently and having targeted directional episodes that really go in a logical pattern that I can follow and then give a summary. And this is not one of those episodes. <laughs> We're so yeah. all over the place. I think there's a lot of good content here, I actually. I think there's a lot you can work with. I think there's a lot of good strategies, but I think you're teasing it out a lot more. And we're not just handing it to you. You have to listen to the episode and go, wait, what did they, what did they say? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we built this entire three-person metaphor. Used it once. Used it once. But once we laid it out, it was helpful to look at the things that you risk losing. So, okay, name off the things that you risk losing. You might lose time, depending on how saturated your partner is. You might get frustrated that your partner is doing something or putting forward a level of effort that you don't feel like they're willing to put forward for you, for the new partner. Mm-hmm. And especially subject to if you have a thing that you like a lot that they won't do for you and they do that specific thing for the new partner. Cuddling. Like, that's the worst version. I mean, my experience as an extrovert if your partners are introverts that's time Mm -hmm. so like if the introvert makes more time or extends themselves into time they wouldn't normally go into similarly night people morning people Mm -hmm. i'm the worst about that like i go to bed at nine Ah. i don't care but if i'm in nre i might not you know so if you're someone that likes doing late night things i can see how that might be frustrating for you that i'm like "Mm." we talked about financial resources financial resources incoming so that people are jealous that they can't provide for you the way the other person can and financial resources outgoing especially if there is a perception that they're shared resources and you're losing Mm -hmm. an important resource in this context and i'm going to expand this we said kids interest but i'm going to expand this to familial interest familial interest yeah because i was going to bring that up earlier too that like oh your mom's excited about a new person Mm -hmm. or your brother's excited about a new person or one of your other partners is excited about a new person and then you're extra you know the other partner the other other partner is not jealousy is all about feeling like you're gonna get replaced yeah if the family is excited about this new person yeah. and your metamors are excited about this new person and this person you're with excited about this new person then you suddenly and feel like oh here? i'm chopped liver i could totally yeah. be replaced what am i even here for it's hard and then forgetful and willful negotiation violation yes so either the person just legitimately forgets, which is, I know it's one of the ones that Mandy gets upset about. <laughs> one of her partners is chatting with somebody and loses track of time, forgets that he 
made a promise. Right. And it's totally not intentional, but still the hurt isn't any different, really. Yes. The loss is not a lot different. And it's easy to do because your brain is designing itself to forget all your other obligations and override your yeah. obligations yeah. and make you lose track yeah. of things like time. Like, I'm only 15 minutes late, right? Two hours later. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. All right. So those are all the things that are risks. And then we talked a little bit about some strategies to mitigate them as the person going through NRE. So we should break those into two different groups so that if you're the person going through NRE, yes. one of the strategies, of course, is going to be checking in with your partners as mm-hmm. often as you can, you know, or they want to and just say, hey, I know I'm going through this. I know it's going to change some of these things. Please tell me if there's something changing that's really upsetting you or if there's something on your mind that we can talk yeah. about. I'm going to try and not do X, Y, and Z if these are things I've had a problem with in the past or that you've had a problem in the past. On the receiving end of that is to hear that you're still important to that person. Like, okay, you still hold this place in my life. Now, this person's not going to replace you. You're still important to me. Just know that I'm going through this right now. And not just that right. you are important, but why you're important. I think is, is, is important. <laughs> you know, why you're special, why, you, why you're individually special to that person. Like you said just a minute ago, Michael, that jealousy is feeling like you're going to be replaced, right? It, feeling like you're going to sure. lose. And if that person who you're feeling like you're going to lose, um, it reminds you that, that the loss will not happen, then it, it helps. It's helped me quite a bit. And like I said, and why the loss won't happen. And why, yeah. Because that's, that's super important to me as to why I'm special. What roles do I fill? And if I know that, then I know where my place is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, and this is something I want to talk about too. So one of the things we know about jealousy is you're always going to have the possibility yes. for jealousy. Oh, yeah. So the best way to avoid jealousy is to relocate or help your partners relocate their sense of the basis of their social position to something that's less delicate. So when you're talking about the kind of things that you're attaching their value to, I would be doing my absolute best to attach it to something that is literally unique to them. Yes. 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 So for example, I wouldn't be like Lissa. Like Lissa is the primary breadwinner, but I would never tell her like, that's why I love her because she works hard and makes us money. Because then if somebody else works hard and makes us money, then... Right. Replaced. Yep. Then you feel like you're replaced. Right. I mean, it's not like you shouldn't say, well, you know, I do appreciate the hard work. I appreciate what you make. Because I mean, I do, right? I appreciate that. But that's not why I value you. Like, that's not why I want you around. It's unfortunately, you got to separate giving praise from. But in this context, when you're trying to mitigate jealousy, I would focus your compliments on the things that that person does that are unique. And mm-hmm. I would try and build mm-hmm. up a grouping of things for each partner that you have that you know that you like about them that's unique and irreplaceable. Right. Because then where their jealousy is going to be located can be somewhat moved away from those other elements elements. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. So checking in, make sure you're meeting their needs, focusing on their unique benefits. And then Mandy, were you trying to say the one that I said, which was basically putting time and effort into your other partners at the same time that you're putting it into? Yeah, yeah. Matching NRA. time and effort. I don't want to use your poem analogy because ironically when you say matching i want to push back on that too i just want to say increasing time and effort like i increase time and effort to my other partners when i'm in nre if i can as opposed to matching because matching for me has that same sort of the reason i said matching was just to make sure that nobody is missing out on things that you're kind of evening the playing field for everyone Mm -hmm. so like at least matching is that what you're i mean like it will if you use that in conjunction with checking in with your partner Mm -hmm. as to what Mm -hmm. they need if Lissa normally got a poem every week, I don't know, poems are the currency, and Michael started writing the new partner a poem every day, and he, he doesn't check in with Lissa, and he just starts writing Lissa a poem every day, maybe she's like, dude, no, wait, stop, I only want my one poem a week, I don't have a place to put all this shit, <laughs> you know, like, you know, maybe she doesn't need so much 
but at least check in to see if you need to match it. Does that make sense? Am I making sense, Michael? Like I said, I don't think I use anything or even would recommend anything that logistically structured. I just increase effort to all of my partners. But I do think that's part of the checking in. Like if you're not, like if you're checking in with them and you're increasing your effort, but they also feel like it's not enough, then then you should talk about that. Like that's part of the check-in for sure. If you feel like you're increasing your effort and you're not really increasing your effort, then... Well, and like you said about the, like the poems thing, I mean, you know, poems, like at least in my context, are still are inspired by things about the other person that I'm excited about, right? So it's not like I just write, like I don't force myself to write a poem about someone I'm not inspired by. But of course, because I'm dealing with NRE and I'm in the stage where both of us are texting 30, 40, 50 times a day, (laughs) then like I might just have more reason to write poems for the new person. So it may be right. that even without, you know, I might increase the number of poems that I write, Lissa, but not necessarily, like, I still might be writing, like, two poems a day to this other person and, like, a poem every couple of days or every other day to Lissa or something, you know, like. Yeah. But if you check in with her and she's like, you know, I really only need my one poem that you were giving me before. Yeah, and obviously, and there's no replacement for check-in because so many people have had so many weird experiences that mm-hmm. changes how they specifically handle things that might see that interest as creepy or weird and they don't want it because it's derivative or whatever the thing is for your partner. Like that's and then you have to negotiate for yourself. But I think as a general rule, that's helpful. Ever heard the phrase rising tide raises all boats? That's an, a general appeal to diffuse people's anger when they're not getting a resource if they're also getting some of that resource Mm -hmm. and like that that works people generally like that you know so in most cases i think i would certainly enjoy getting more time from a partner or more intensity from a partner because they had a new partner would certainly mitigate some of my jealousy because almost all of my jealousy and this is also knowing your partners is based around fear of losing Mm -hmm. time fear of losing that engagement and so if i got a little bit more than i was getting it'd be really hard for me to be jealous yeah (laughs) Yeah, I have. Yeah, like a new relationship energy transfer. And also be conscious of the increased jealousy, possible increased jealousy in your other partners. Don't go in talking about your other partner constantly and just be conscious of it. Be conscious of your NRE. Mm, Yes. In general. Yes. Sure. Like any power dynamic, be conscious of your NRE. That's a a temporary superpower your new partner has over all of your other partners. Mm -hmm. Be as conscious as you can of it. Add to your list of check-ins. Am I talking about this new person too much? Do you want to hear more? Do you want to hear less? What can I talk to you about? All right. So that's stuff that you can do from the perspective of the person who is in NRE. So then from the perspective of the person who's watching someone else go through NRE, Mandy had said one of the things that she likes to remember is that everything that she gets from her partners is a gift. And so if she's not getting something, it's not like she's losing something. She just isn't getting a gift right now. Right. And we all said we like to remember that it's temporary. Yeah. Just yes. <laughs> Mandy, especially though, especially around cuddles. Yeah. Those shits are temporary. <laughs> You're going to lose them soon. Enjoy them while they last. I like but they are a little a gift. bit of uh, healthy vindictiveness <laughs> in there to, to self feel a little bit better. Like, and that was Misery Loves Company. You will one day share my pain. Mm-hmm. You will know how it hurts that Jerry won't want to cuddle you at a later time. Because yep. a lot oh, of what I'm sass- upset about right now <laughs> is that I am mad. I have to feel bad that I don't get cuddles anymore and you don't. But you will. What was great was when it happened with Mon, that was the first time it had happened. And I went to him and I was just like, you know, WTF, yo, like, what happened to, I don't want to cuddle, you know? (laughs) Like, you sure are fucking cuddling a lot now. (laughs) And he was like, you know, this is temporary. She's new and I got to cuddle with her because she likes the cuddles and Uh eventually I'm going to start pulling away because I don't dig the cuddles all that much. He was like, sometimes it hurts that she wants to cuddle so much. 
but I'm, I'm bearing through the pain because I really like her. <laughs> By the way, uh, to add one to our uh, dealing with NRE list, I actually am not into knowingly doing things I would not do I because of with NRE that. without without at minimum disclosing that yes. shit. So if I'm awake at 2 a.m. texting you, you definitely need to know I'm a morning person who is not going to be doing this. I literally cannot. I will die if I <laughs> if keep Michael's doing this. If Michael's awake at 10 p.m. texting you, it's not normal. <laughs> Yeah, I probably have a crush on you if I'm awake at 10 a.m. 10 p.m. crushing uh, text. This is truth, yes. But if you if you get a text from him at 6 a.m., you're not special. <laughs> yeah, good morning That's my at 6 a.m. No, 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 it doesn't mean the, the only t- thing. <laughs> the, the only thing special about a text from me at 6 a.m. is it means oh. I know you're up. So right. I don't text people that I don't know for sure were up. <laughs> so you know a little bit uh, about it. So that's what that point. means. It means. You've told me you're a morning person, and I know yeah. that I can text you at 6 a.m. <laughs> you know I get or up I for work what time around 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think definitely when you're in NRE, one of the ways to help if that person becomes the person who's then watching you have NRE yeah. is to warn them, like, yeah, I'm cuddling you, and I will give you what cuddles you want, because right now just being around you is intoxicating. But, like, eventually I'm not going to want to yeah. do that as much, because that's not my favorite right. thing to do. Right. I think is a helpful thing to do during NRE. Let's see, other things to do as the partner that's not engaged in NRE. I don't really think there's a lot to do in that context, to be honest, other than to remember that it's temporary and to remember that everything's a gift, because beyond that, you don't have control over anything anything right. else nor really should you oh right. you know actually some self some self-care stuff nre is not an excuse for people to do bad things to you Touché. right it may be true that at the end of the nre period they're going to become what you know your normal relationship and you're going to like that again but if every time your partner goes to nre and you're poly they forget their promises to you and you lose out on a lot of resources and you're miserable and you're unhappy and you're jealous and you're angry like that may not be a good match that person is using nre as an excuse now Mm -hmm. to do harmful behaviors and then say well i have this thing that's making me stupid that's true you're still mm-hmm. responsible. But you don't get to use that as an excuse, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's like somebody who does drugs and does bad things and goes, well, the drugs made me do it. Well, yeah, well, you chose to take those drugs. So if you can't handle your drugs, maybe don't do them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's the same context here, which is if you can't handle your NRE, you shouldn't be doing it. But definitely, I would say that's another way to get through NRE is by having strong boundaries and having strong conversations as much as you can before the NRE happens. Mm-hmm. And then also, if your partner's not checking in with you, you check in with them. Say, I need to have a check-in with you. Voice your needs. Be very clear. I feel like this is happening. I feel like this is happening. Here's what I need. Here's what I want from the situation. Here's where I'm feeling. And of course, try to use that to get your needs met, not as a way of... Because you, you see people doing that... Of manipulating the situation, yeah. So that their partner never keeps partners. Like, oh, hey, things are changing and I need this to be different. And then it mm. ends the relationship yeah. and then you're... Right. Um, something that's also helped me that we didn't add on the list is to kind of own your own feelings. Like, jealousy is something that you're experiencing. Yes, the other person has is uh, obviously involved in that, but to own your own feelings and to um, understand them um, and to not throw them on the other person in a way like Michael just described yeah not to dictate your new relationship figure out why you're jealous figure out why you're jealous I did a little bit of research on when I was jealous one of the times where I felt the NRE uh jealousy and it helped helped me a little bit once you figure out why you're jealous you can figure you can figure out a way to fix it 
Right. So that is a good point. So jealousy is fear of a loss mm-hmm. of a resource. So if you can figure out what resource it is you're yeah. afraid of losing, and then you can go talk to your partner and you can say, can we make an agreement that will basically protect this resource in a way that I am comfortable with and mm-hmm. that you are comfortable with, that can go a huge long way to protecting your jealousy. Yeah. Or find another means for that resource. In my mind, that's part of the discussion of how to get that resource met. It doesn't have to be that your partner meets that resource. Right. And one more thing to add, some people this won't work for, but if you can handle the information, then ask the information. Because a lot of the reason that people are jealous and envious is because they don't actually know what's going on. And it's much scarier when you don't know what's going on. Subject to confidentiality agreements for stories, as per our episode on that. Right, I don't mean like what you're doing with them. I mean like what they're like and what you like about them. Yeah, maybe that is an opportunity where like if you, if there are strict confidentiality things to kind of negotiate like maybe this should be a little more lax because I feel like I'm being blind in this or whatever. I I feel Mm -hmm. like if um, you're interested in your partner's new partner, not like interested (laughs) but you know like interested in what they're in, why they're interested in them and and find out the good things about them and that way you can push some compersion in there to fight the jealousy a little bit. Compersion is about showing them why you're happy obviously if you don't, I can't see why you're happy then. Because that that definitely, I get some stuff where like you only see the bad side of a relationship right. a lot like a lot mm. of my partners only tell yeah. me the bad side and then they're really excited about yeah. this person and I'm like this person's a monster you've only told me terrible things I'm worried you're gonna get hurt which is we didn't talk about that uh, we're running out of time we're about to be done anyway but we have to be done either way but but that's the one for sure is that I mean I don't know if it's jealousy but like it falls into like the negative I don't know it's not annoying or envy or maybe it's jealousy I can't tell but for sure my partner gives me only bad information like they did this they you know cheated on their last partner they you know just got broken up with by two partners like now I want to date them because I feel bad for them and I'm like that sounds like a terrible reason like is there is there some good yeah. shit going on that I can grab onto <laughs> or am I just terrified of this person at yeah. this point because not not in a jealousy way but there's definitely the fear that your world's gonna get turned up well I guess that's still jealousy right if jealousy is fear of loss of a social resource my concern is my life that works well is gonna get destroyed right. by this wrecking ball of a human being that you're describing but if you have more information about them you're not as scared of them. I think yeah. that's right. And then if you have that information, there's that opens the door for compersion and to be happy for your partner. And I think that compersion is a great opponent to jealousy. And for those people who are good at compersion, for sure. And it is something that I hear a lot from people in Polly is the imaginary person is significantly scarier than yeah. the real person. So that's another thing yeah. is if you can introduce the people, if people are willing to get together to have some time, all of you together, that's also really helpful, I feel like. Mm-hmm. All right, we are 100% out of time, so this is going to be a very short sign-off because we promised Mandy she could be gone four minutes ago and it's been four minutes. Have yeah. so, phone date, people. All right, see you guys. <laughs> see you guys Bye. next time. Thanks oh, for listening. Phone date's a good reason. See, see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>